this is me taking myself out of that comfort zone, putting myself in a spot as uncomfortable as it is, and just trying. Because I believe that the more I do this, eventually I will adapt and, you know, it becomes easier. Hello, people. Welcome back to Jimbo for You, Malaysia's podcast. Sorry for the delay, but shit's been a little crazy. But you don't want to know about my personal life, do you? Do you? No, seriously, do you? Email me. Anyway, this podcast thing has been pretty fun, but uh, I'll admit I'm kind of just going blindly into this and... I've had a lot of challenges, like, um, I've had some pretty good conversations, but the editing, uh, figuring what to put into the podcast, it's been a bit of a struggle. So I invited Mr. Otis on. He started his own content production thing, and I figured I'd ask him a little bit about that. Ended up talking a little bit about local media and the BLM movement, too. Good times. Well, like what my old boss used to say, it's time to fill my cup. Anyway, on with the show. How you been? How's COVID been treating you? Uh, it's all right. Still have a job. It's good. Um, it's a bit depressing. Uh, I've been working from home for almost eight years now, but it's never been as de- depressing as COVID because at least. Prior to that, you know, I guess I go out, hang out. Right? I get to go out, yeah. Than being stuck at home, mm. even though I work at home. But with COVID, you know, under the MCO, you can't go out, so that was a bit hard. It's the socializing, yeah. And stuff like that. Not being able to socialize, like you know, physically socialize, right? Rather than you know, just chatting with people on WhatsApp or online. Probably harder for you because you like to bike. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, that was hard. Yeah, yeah, I like to fight. How do you how do you like cope with that? Mm, good question. I I didn't actually. Oh well, I did in a way. Yeah, but it wasn't in a healthy idle, way. Idle hands. Um, well, busy hands. What's the same? Idle hands. hands. Something something double, to do with the double. double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, you were saying. Uh, I, I cope, but I, I think it's not in a healthy way. Uh, I ended up spending a lot of money shopping online. Yeah. I'm sorry for laughing, but my, I have this problem with impulse buying. Um, mm. most of the time, you know, I, I can actually uh, control it because then you know, I just have to, oh, let's go riding, you know, then mm. completely forget about what I want to buy. What was your most shameful purchase? <sighs> hmm. That's hard. Because <laughs> there's a lot, or I don't shit. know. I want at what point do you draw the line where it's well, that's, shameful? That's up, exactly. It's up to you, man. But I would say my most impulsive purchase was when I went to Bentley, the music store, with a friend who wanted to just buy a guitar cable. Uh, I wanted to buy a new machine head for my guitar because mine broke. 
and that would cost me about maybe 30 to 50 ringgit okay right? but i came home with the guitar <laughs> <laughs> which was which costed me a thousand ringgit so yeah so i'm a bit shameful of that because that wasn't planned at all I, I i know that i wanted a new um acoustic guitar because I bought one last late last year from a friend, same friend who I went to Bentley with, but the guitar broke, mm-hmm. um, became unplayable, obviously. Um, so I wanted a new guitar, but I didn't plan to buy it at that time because I figured oh, I should save money in case of you know emergencies or whatnot. But then when I went there and I saw the, this session where they had acoustic guitars, I went straight there, walked there immediately sat down and picked up a few guitars, started playing that, oh, this is really nice. This is really nice to hold. This is really nice to play. It sounds great too. And it's semi-acoustic, so I could plug it in. So from there, I ended up... I'm just wondering why your mental gymnastics, gymnastics were trying to convince yourself. Oh, that was this hard. is a good... <laughs> just, I'm gonna I, was, I wasn't trying to convince myself. <laughs> I was more like trying to convince myself not to buy it. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying my friends were responsible for my purchase. They weren't helping. <laughs> they weren't helping, right? But so what happened was um, they've already bought whatever they needed to buy. So I was the one who was like, oh, should I buy it? Should I not buy it? Um, so we went down, uh, smoked a cigarette. And then if I actually wanted to buy it, then we'd go up again or else we'd just go back home. So I ended up buying, going back up, purchased it uh, at a discount, and then it was history. <laughs> Why is it shameful? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you play guitar. Yeah, did, but didn't, not, not is that Did you play that guitar with your most recent content? Yes, production? I did, actually. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I, was, I would say that I'm quite satisfied of the purchase. It's just that I feel a bit guilty of purchasing it at that time because mm. i figured oh, i could actually wait until next month or two months later this was well obviously during mc yeah uh yeah was it called pkp uh, pkp something yeah where it was kind of lifted but not really yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was the time about several weeks ago i guess yeah it's very recent yeah yeah i i I think the other shameful purchase which i still think it's not really that shameful but it kind of is would be um a multi-effect guitar paddle like a wawa advanced level (laughs) like uh, a bunch of us me and my friends uh, we wanted to play like mco coverage of songs Mm -hmm. so one of the songs that uh, we were trying to record was um audio slave like a still. Mm. So I, I, I was in charge of recording the guitar part. Everything was somewhat okay, when it, but when it came to the solo, it, it just wasn't there because that effect wasn't there. And me being a perfectionist, just that kept me up every night trying to figure out how can I achieve close enough to Tom Morello's sound without actually breaking the bank or even spending money. And I couldn't figure it out. So one day I just went out, bought a multi-effect paddle for a thousand ringgit to just for that particular sound, just to satisfy my need to like 
make it perfect. <laughs> did you achieve that perfection? I did actually. Okay. I did. I was quite happy with it. But afterwards, and this is the shameful part, I didn't really <laughs> use the guitar back pedal that much. It's, it's still really, there. It still works. There, yeah. You can still use it. So that's why I tell myself, like, it's okay. You're going to use it in the future anyway. It's going to last gonna, you for a long time. You're like, going to guilt yourself into using it more. <laughs> yeah. Like um, the previous effect pedal that I had, um, I've had for more than 15 years. So uh, that's how I see this new effect. But so, it will last me for about 15 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not much of a guitar gadget freak. But you're a perfectionist. Yes. And with the pedal that I have, I, at least with the songs that I want to play, I think I can achieve about 99% of the sound that I want. So it should be okay. I like, why, I like how you describe like which is which is why it justifies why I had to spend a thousand ringgit for a multi-effect paddle rather than maybe five hundred for like a fairly decent effect paddle, but well, might not have everything I want. Perfection's not cheap. Perfection's not cheap. Yes. How much of that did you experience when you were making? Because you just recently got into content producing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. Um, I always live by using what you have. Mm. Like Mac MacGyver is my hero. Like he uses whatever is around him, right? And I try to do the same without buying new stuff. Like if I have stuff that's lying around the house, which I think I can use to achieve this and that, you know, well, maybe not on a professional level, but, you know, decent enough as a start, you know, that's fine. So one of the challenges was hardware or equipment, right? Mm. Um, I wanted to do a bunch of videos, but then I realized that, oh, I don't have enough cameras or I don't have enough tripods or I don't have enough audio equipment. Mm. And I'm not willing to spend that amount of money because, you know, professional equipment is expensive. Like a road, uh, what's it called? A road go wireless uh, lav mic, for example, a pair. And when I say a pair, it's the transmitter and the receiver, right? Thank you for, for one person. For, right? <laughs> Shit. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. So just that one set would cost me 800 ringgit, which I'm not willing to spend right now. Right. Um, How much is that bugging you though? Uh, it bugs me to a certain extent, but I figured, you know what? I don't have money right now, um, but I'll use what I can. If I have to buy something, I'll buy something that is cheap mm. and then figure out a way to at least boost the quality of it. Uh, and it starts with making sure the environment where we're shooting or recording is ideal, like no echoes, proper lighting has to, you know, you always have to have a script. That's why I realized when I'm making content, especially for video, you always, always have to have a script, no matter how stupid mm -hmm. it sounds or how tedious it is. Mm -hmm. So that at least when you present or when you talk or when you ask questions, you know the flow of that conversation, right? And I always thought, ah, maybe I could wing it. But when I actually tried it, it's not as easy as it looks because once you're in front of the camera or once there's a device that's recording you, you start becoming nervous, mm. right? And then that interrupts your thought process. Mm. So that was hard. What I like about producing podcasts, at least... I don't feel nervous because I know I can either edit it out or at mm. least I know how much 
uh, like a pause or like uh, um, or uh, it sounds a little bit more natural. So sometimes I would edit it out. Sometimes I won't because it it just fits. So I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, you do. And I I do the same. Like I would um, edit out all the unnecessary parts that I think you know adds more time to the video, which you don't need. And mm-hmm. uh, I always believe that the longer the content is, the uh, draggy it will get, and the harder it is to <laughs> to maintain that and uh, the uh, the viewers focus and attention on your content. This is like a direct attack on <laughs> what I'm doing right now. Oh, it's, it's not a direct attack. It's not a direct attack. Uh, this is what I think. This is just my personal opinion. Um, it doesn't ap- apply just solely on podcasts or audio recordings, but also in videos. Like there's a lot of videos. I watch on YouTube where I think the content is there. It's just that the editing could could have been way better. Instead of a 30-minute video, if you chop five up minutes. all the unnecessary parts, you can bring it down to five minutes and that's more than enough. Especially with those like instructions or yeah. guide videos where it's like, like and subscribe. Oh, by the way, the way I, you know, I today I did this and that and I figured that I want to do... A podcast. This is how I'm gonna do a podcast. Oh fuck! Just get to the point. Yeah, it's a it's a slow process to be honest. I don't think I I, I think it's because people who are already producing videos for YouTube, for example, you sound I think, so professional. By the way, <laughs> I think that the biggest issue is, or what they're not doing at least, is reviewing their videos mm. and figuring out what can be improved and i do that with everything um, that i produce so video video was never part of the plan mm. i never thought i would do video um, i started off with photography and again i never thought i would do photography but then once i picked up a camera and i didn't Stop buy it. a camera i borrowed a camera just uh-huh. because i went riding alone long distance and i figured i want to document stuff just for, for my own benefit or for my, for my own review, I started to realize that, oh, it's actually pretty good to take photos. And I think it's something that I might be able to do, might be able to improve. Mm-hmm. And I started from there. Um, and I still didn't want to buy my own camera. I just borrowed everyone, anyone who, who weren't using it at the time, as long as I had a camera. Uh, because I want to know if it's something that I actually want to do. Right, mm. I don't want to buy. I don't want to spend like a thousand, two thousand ringgit for a camera, and then later on I realize that oh, you know what, that's not for me. I, mm. I don't want to do that. Uh, it was only after a year, um, then when I actually bought my first camera, and it wasn't, it wasn't a professional camera like what you know everyone like, else is uh, using. Yeah, the Rebel, and yeah, yeah. And stuff. So I bought a an old model Sony, which was an A6000. Uh, I bought it for, I think about 1,800 ringgit. And it came with a kit lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started from there. Uh, I started taking more photos. I start, I, I, what I do to improve is I like to look at other people's photos. Like um, I have several folks who I follow on Instagram whose photos are just to me at least are just freaking amazing okay and what i do is sorry i thought you were gonna go the other way yeah Uh, yeah, but what i do is i take apart their photos 
I mm-hmm. analyze them to figure out, why I like this photo, but why is it so good, yeah. right? And then you slowly start to realize it's, it's because of the composition. Okay, this guy is using rules of third and he's placing the subject mm-hmm. in this corner and the light is coming from that part of the net. And then you realize um, it, the color of the photo also plays a role with the vibe that the photographer wants to deliver to his presentation his presentation yeah so i started practicing that you know applying that mindset to my photography and that helped me slowly improve and when i look at my photos right now like in my earlier work so shit (laughs) but i like keeping it anyway because it shows progress exactly and that's how i'm treating video right now i know it Quality could be better. Um, Content-wise, probably could also be better. But I always tell myself, and I'm talking to that perfectionist part of me, like, uh-huh. don't fret about it too much. You're just starting. It's going to be shit anyway. I love that way of thinking, yeah. So, you know, just start producing content because mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't expect to nail it on the first go. Right, especially with the lack of funds and the lack of um, equipment, you're definitely not going to be able to do it. But you just have to start producing that content. And especially for me, I'm introverted. I don't like being in front of the camera. I like being behind the scenes. That's where I'm most comfortable at. Um, so being having to switch where now I have to produce my own content. I have to be in front of the camera. I have to actually speak. That is a huge problem for me as an introvert, right? And again, this is me taking myself out of that comfort zone, putting myself in a spot as uncomfortable as it is, and just trying. Because I believe that the more I do this, eventually I will adapt and, you know, it becomes easier and easier for me to be in front of that camera. You being a perfectionist, does it feel good to be in front of the camera because you kind of have more control now i wouldn't say that it's it feels good (laughs) (laughs) i right now i i still feel like i I, i'm more comfortable being behind the camera um directing stuff um coordinating stuff giving instructions but i also like to be in in front of the camera right now just for the sake of proving to myself i can actually do this shit too i can actually overcome this camera shyness this, this these nerves and do it mm-hmm. right so to me it's a challenge and I've, I've seen this happen before with a friend who also started doing uh, youtube content uh, mm-hmm. late last year he's also like me he's introverted he doesn't like being in front of the camera but when he had to, he, when he was forced to do it by his employers, right? He went through the same um, experience where it feels like awkward being in front of the camera. It feels like you just want to hit yourself on the head when you're watching yourself again. It's like, oh man, I, I look so I stupid. I, I sound so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But along the way, he picked up a few tricks which helped him feel a lot more comfortable being in front of that camera. Uh, for example, the one thing that he shared with me is when you have to speak to the camera, don't speak to the camera, but instead imagine there's someone there oh, yeah. and you're having a conversation with them, right? And 
it's not something that will work immediately because it feels weird, like imagining someone who's not there. But yeah. once you start practicing that mm. and then it becomes natural, you you will appear natural in front of the camera as well. And what I'm impressed with him is from from the time he started late last year till now, he has his channel has grown tremendously. Nice. Like the other week, we realized that one of his videos reached 1 million views. Oh, such a short time. That's money-making. That's money-making. Yeah. Views, man. And I, I use him as a guide. Like, I always tell myself, if he can do it, I can do it, and everyone else can do it too. It's just a matter of, you know, doing it, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I am right now. Uh, like, I produced a short two-minute interview recently, and I... Right when I was editing, I already know there's a bunch of stuff that I could improve on in oh, terms yeah. of quality. Like, um, I didn't have enough cameras, so I had to borrow an old camera from a friend, and that affected the video quality of one of the scenes, which, you know, like it or not, I just have to live with it because that was what I had at the time. But I know that, okay, maybe going forward, I should consider uh, buying another camera, a decent one. Probably not brand new. I could get it for sec- second hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also realized that, oh, I actually need more than one tripod. Because especially when I'm shooting alone, right? I can't, I-, I need a place to mount the cameras and whatnot. And then the obvious improvement that I could see from editing that interview video was the audio itself, right? Um, I think part of the problem is that we were in a room that was echoey. And mm. you can actually hear the echo. Mm-hmm. And as as hard as I did try to fix the audio, uh, the audio in post editing, you know, it's it's not up to my expectation, and that yeah. bugs me a lot. So I've been looking at cheap lav mics and hoping that if I plug those in to my my H four N recorder, and if I shoot in a location where it's you know the audio acoustics are better where that's better sound dampening then i should be able to at least achieve somewhat professional sounding audio because like it or not when it comes to video i always think that the audio is more important than the quality of the video itself because you want to listen to everything you want to you want to hear that crisp sound of when the person talks it's neglected it's neglected. People yeah. think it's all about your special effects or the sharpness of the video. I think that's not really important. I think that the quality of the video itself can be as shit as a 3GP video quality as long as the content is interesting and the audio is superb. And I, I've seen this in a video that Al Jazeera produced a while back. It wasn't Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera sorry, it was Vice. Uh, I was thinking, yeah. yeah, it was one of the earlier, <laughs> earlier videos. Um, it was shit. Ooh, video. Which, what? Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, I think it was when they went to Afghanistan, I think. I can't remember, but it was a war-torn country. And they it's a bit had, hard to maintain audio quality, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More environment. The, <laughs> the camera quality was shit. Mm. Um, footage was shaky, but it had millions of views, and mainly because their audio was really good, and oh. the content, the okay. the subject itself was also really good. Of course, yeah. So that taught me like it's not, every, it's not video isn't everything. 
know, there's a lot of other factors like audio and the quality of the content that you actually have to pay more attention to. Mm. So when I have to look at, or when I have to consider what am I going to purchase next right, for, you know, my assets of equipments, right? Um, I'm more inclined to lean towards audio because I realize how important audio is. Agreed. I totally agree. But for me, I think the struggle is a little bit more on the content side. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck do I want to put in this podcast? It's yep. too unstructured, I feel. Yeah, you got to have a plan. Because I think a podcast is similar to a video where you need a storyboard. You need to know the flow of everything. True, but also it's hard to be flexible when you do that. Because and I'm not saying that what I'm doing right now is exactly how I want it to be. Of course, like you said, there's a lot of uh, figuring out exactly how to get what I want. So if but if I want flexibility, of course, there are ways for me to, you know, contain that fl- flexibility instead of letting it loose everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the other thing is I, I don't want to restrict my conversations with people because I feel like. If I invite someone, then, hey, let's talk about mental health. Just going to talk about mental health and okay, that's it. But sometimes people have like stuff they really want to talk about, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and for me, it's like the process of yeah, easing them into the environment. Yeah, and Just easing them yeah. into the environment, like be open and free and tell tell them their darkest secret. So what's your darkest secret? Yeah, so I tried to do the same. Where Maybe you're not going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to do the same. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> um, the key is, I, I think what makes good content or at least what grabs people's attention is people want to relate with you. Okay, whether it's a video or whether it's a mm. podcast, right? People want to relate. Like, they want to feel like you, you're just one of them, you know? It makes it easy mm. to relate. The average Joe, for example, right? Okay, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I try to put forward in my content. That's the kind of stuff that my friend tries to put forward for his content. And... I find that and we we actually did a comparison like we <laughs> we watched um a professionally shot video mm. right on this specific topic and look at how many views it, it received and then we looked at a non-professional video with the same content mm. and noticed that it received a lot more views than the one that was professionally done which so tells me that it's not it's not about the professional quality of the video but it's how easy is it for a viewer to relate to what's being presented in that video right or the host itself because i think if you are making a video and you are in front of the camera you need to have a personality that people like and it can't be fake because people can see fake that is very true right so the best is just to be yourself right Mm. of course you have to Mm -hmm. you have to Keep in mind. Mm-hmm. I want to see where your thought process is going. You have to keep in mind that you don't step over a line, for example. What line? Like maybe you might accidentally mention something that's not supposed to be mentioned, right? 
Um, like especially when it comes to politics, it's a bit sensitive. <sighs> I say always maintain being neutral uh, and but always try to be yourself. Like um, what I like to do, what I like to do for interviews is. I just ask them to do to be who they are. If they want to swear, just fucking swear. Uh, I can either bleep it out or um, I could just remove it completely. But I would prefer to keep it than bleep it out because it's it's real. I like the rawness of it because mm. when it's raw, it's easy to relate because it's like talking to any other guy, right? It's not like talking to a celebrity or a host, but it's like talking yeah. to me and you talking right now. It's natural. It's natural. So if the guy curses a lot, then the guy's going to curse a lot, right? Well, yeah, fuck yeah, whatever he wants. Yeah, and even like in video, if the guy wants to light a cigarette, go ahead. <laughs> I would prefer it. Like I want that person to be as comfortable as mm-hmm. he is because that's, that's, um, that's how I feel like I could relate to a video if I watched it. Like I want it to be an actual human being and not someone who is scripted. Are you comfortable? I'm comfortable right now. Yeah. <laughs> but again, going back to your... Okay, wait. Uh, so my struggle, I guess... Uh, I'm struggling a lot. So uh, my struggle is, what if your genuine self is not very relatable? That's hard. Yeah. That is really hard. In that... Uh, well, in that case, you've got to work with someone who has a good personality, I would say. But I, I think as long as you're not oh, a racist and- bigot mm-hmm. and you're not... Uh, uh, if you're an asshole, but you're the good, time of, the good type of asshole, I think that's okay. You're not going to win everyone's heart. Sure. You, can't, you can't please everyone. And I, I've seen this with my friend's video because he curses a lot. <laughs> I like it. Because I know that's just who he is. A lot of other people don't like it because that's how they are, right? When they talk to their friends, they curse. I believe that most people have friends who curse. But not a lot of people want to watch something on YouTube and see that person curse. I don't know why they say that it's because it's not polite. But then again, I think you're being a fucking hypocrite because you, that's how you talk to your friend. Exactly. How How is well, that different? I mean, some people are really polite and they don't curse. Yeah, but I don't but I mean, think maybe that content is not. Yeah, but then again, you're not forcing them to like your content exactly. or watch your content, right? So I think for those kind of people, that content is just not for them. Just move on. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't please everyone, but you will have your own following. Oh, is that a personal message for me? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the other thing is, okay, being your general, genuine self, it's not relatable. That's one thing. The other thing is, what if you're talking about something that's sensitive? Yeah, that's where you got to be careful because yeah. it can either make you or break you. Like if, um, even if it's like a talk show, right, about a specific topic that's sensitive, you have two folks, like one on side A, the other on side B, right? So countering each other. And you are a, a, a mediator, right? The, the person sure. in the middle. You play an important role because you have to draw the line somewhere because, before it gets too much and people start shooting you down mm. for like... Um, this content doesn't make yeah, sense. The content doesn't make just sense. Talking or, over. Oh, you're you're leaning more towards that guy, and that's not fair. You have to be neutral, right? Then you, that's it's a it's a very 
it's a very uh, what would you call? I it? would say better to be fair than neutral. No, I Why? think if you are a talk show host, you always have to be neutral because you have two guys on different ends, you know, talking it out, and you want them to con- to get their points out, and at the same time, you want the audience to make their own decisions about what they think about the issue or what they think about the topic. You're just a mediator, regardless whether you agree with the guy or not. That's not... In your head, what, I mean, like, can you give me an example? Like, what are you, like, are you thinking of a news segment where the anchor is talking to two different people or something like that? The one that I'm thinking about is you have a show that has a specific topic and then you have guests over to talk about that topic and debate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I've seen a few where you can actually see that the host is siding with one of them, right? Either one. Mm. It's hard to find someone that's neutral. And I like videos where the host is neutral because that makes me feel like I'm the one who's deciding which which guy I want to I want to lean towards more okay um and not have the host kind of like hint at me or push me towards a certain side you know it has to be neutral that's what I think about it okay I just feel like because the host the host has the power to influence right true but I feel like no one is neutral no one no one can have no bias so it's like if you try to can be seen as faking neutrality. Like, I don't believe in anything, so you guys debate. Something oh, that. no, I'm not saying that you don't have to believe in anything because to say that everyone is um, everyone is neutral, that's just bullshit. Right? <laughs> you can't be neutral, to be fair. But what you can do is reserve your opinions about it yeah. and just listen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So long form or short form media? Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I like long form because at least you can just talk about. I like in length. Right, I like, like talk about short. Um, primarily because human beings have a short attention span, and yeah. I, I personally have a short attention span. Like I could probably spend about at most one minute just watching a video, and if it it doesn't engage me within that one minute, I'll just you know ah, just turn it off. That sounds like. The entry point. Yeah. But if you're interested, what do you do? If you're interested, then, you know, I continue watching it and then um, see how it develops, right? Whether the content becomes a lot more interesting or at least the visuals and the sound becomes a lot more interesting. Very, how do you say, very objective, very analytical, methodical consumer. Yes, I am. Yes, because I like to find flaws in other oh. people's work because oh, I learn from that flaw well, fuck me. and apply it to mine, just like what I would do with photos, right? If so I see a photo, and I think it's it's kind of beautiful, but there's something that's just wrong about it, and I can't pinpoint what it is, and I start tearing it apart, and then I realize, oh, it's because this guy did this. Maybe if he didn't do that, it would have been better, and I adapt that uh, you know I apply that to my work yeah that guy did this last time and it looked like shit so I'm not gonna do that <laughs> I'm gonna do something different 
Mm. Yeah, but I tear things apart. I like doing that. I have a habit of doing it actually. Uh, I watch videos and I look at the the quality of the video itself. Like, is it sharp? Is it out of focus? Mm. Is it intentionally out of focus for a reason if it works, right? Mm-hmm. I look at the color grading of it. I look at how it's how how they set up the lights. Like, is it lit properly? Is it at the right angle? And then I look at the camera angles. Do you have like an example maybe... I'm not going to go YouTube because I feel like that's too vast. But movie, TV show that you notice that, okay, this is a master presenter or cinematographer, or whatever you want to call it. Hmm. I like, I mean, that's when you said hard, if it's out of focus, then maybe, yeah, they're focusing on this thing and then yeah. that thing. And then you can see like, okay, how did they make it? Did they had to blur one side and two, or both sides? Yeah, I'm sure you have like more. Uh, uh, it's hard because I th- I think it's hard to compare, compare like what, what do you, or well, I mean, series. what do you like? What do you see as? Damn, I like his style. I th- uh, okay, so I like Vice mainly because it's raw. Yeah, not, uh, yeah. Not necessarily mean that I like the quality of the video of how it's shot, but I like the fact that uh, some. In some of the videos, it, the shots are shit, but it, sounds it natural. looks cool in a way. And I, I feel like it, it it serves its its purpose. It's supposed to be that way. If it was professionally done, I would probably feel like, uh This is CNN yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly, right. So it, there comes a time where you need to do this kind of style, right? And then there comes a time where you need to do that kind of style, where it's a lot more professional. Uh, it depends on the type of content you want to produce. Um, like maybe uh, uh, there's this one YouTube series. It's a short series produced by Vice and Harley Davidson. So it's about a journey, a ride of these four professional skaters on Harleys going to Baja. And it's kind of like a documentary to record the trip. And it's raw. The cameras are... the the camera shakes. Um, some of the scenes are overexposed, uh, but sound is always A. And the way they cut the scenes, right, to maintain your attention works. So I like that. Professional videos, that's way too many professional videos to, to mention. Depends on what you're looking for. Uh, like, if I had to pick a movie, I like Sicario, for example. How Sicario. camera angles, the sound, the, the mood, the light and everything, the colors, I think that works. Hmm? Yeah, this one. So it kind of looks like the guy was just using a regular camcorder. Oh yeah, it does. It's very home video feel to it. Yeah. But the way the scenes are cut. Wait, so uh, embarking on an epic motorcycle journey, doing it Baja. Okay, just in case anyone's in case anyone's listening and wants, you know. <laughs> Sicario? <laughs> um good movie. Yeah, good movie. Mm, I heard that Ford versus Ferrari is extremely good in terms of cinematography. You're that's your main focus when you watch a yeah, I, I like to, uh, when I watch a movie, I take into account if the plot is good, uh, of the storyline is good, you know. Because um, you have that, you know, you have that production experience, you know, yeah. 
you have that, you know, experience making stuff on your own. Yeah. You can see like, how the fuck did they do and, this? And um, the cinematography, the quality of the cinematography, that's the other thing I look at. Um, like last night, I watched this movie called Rira. <laughs> I was quite impressed, to be okay. honest. It was a good movie. I mean, the storyline was okay. It's, um, it's all right. It's not <laughs> the best, but it's all right. But the cinematography it's wow for a malaysian movie mm -hmm. that's really good i i was i really liked it and the fight scene uh like i've watched a lot of local movies with fight scenes but it doesn't come close to what weira produced because have you ever watched raid redemption yes fast paced yes. yeah it's exactly the same you can really clearly see the action like fuck 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 yeah it, it's exactly the same like you get that wow you know, that kind of feeling where it doesn't look like messy. Uh, it doesn't look messy and it doesn't look fake. Right? It looks like, yeah, I, we, I know that he's not actually punching the guy, uh -huh. but from the angle and how they're acting, it looks like they're actually fighting. And I like that. You know, I like watching things where I know it's acting, but I, I don't realize it. It feels like I'm actually watching two people fight. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. like that realness of it. Okay. Yeah, and I think that movie did a good job in casting the actors because I think the actors that they had were really, really good. Like where their acting didn't look like acting. It looked really real. And I like that. It was very convincing. From the previous people who made Raid Redemption or No Relation? Or um, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't yeah. think um, it's the same people, but this, there, there is this one actor it's, uh, who's also it, in that movie. Indonesian. Yeah, yeah the guy yeah, with yeah. curly long hair. Yeah. <laughs> As if I knew. <laughs> Indonesian with the curly long hair. Yeah. One movie that I, because I've always, I haven't seen a lot of recent Malay movies, but I've always hated the look and feel of Malay movies, especially with the audio where it sounds so clear that they're dubbing it oh yeah yeah uh, but one that i liked and i'm sure there are better examples but one that i really liked when i watched it was kill because when i watched it, it was like this looks different it's not great it's not perfect but it looks different does it feel malay movie-ish um i would put it in the mid tier of course from yeah. like really bad to really good it's somewhere in the middle that's what, that's my personal opinion, but I like the storyline. But the storyline was top notch. Whoever whoever thought of that storyline was amazing. Director's amazing. Yeah, the camera the camera <laughs> angles um, are okay. I, I like the camera angles, mm. and there are some that I think could have been improved. Of course, um, it's his first. There are some scenes where you can see that um, the actor who is an extra. I think it was this guy who was just following the uh, the main character around. Mm. His acting was so bad. Like, I could see that yeah, this guy doesn't really act. Could have been like a friend of the cameraman or something. But I wish that would have been improved. Like, could have found someone better. Um, but again, it's a it's a small budget movie, if I'm not mm. mistaken, right? Mm. And there's some scenes where the audio wasn't balanced. Like, you have this scene where, you know, maybe it was at 12 negative 12 decibels and then suddenly it Oof, bumps okay. up to like okay. negative five it, it, suddenly you can hear that shift of the sound 
Mm. Right, it's not Does properly it sound, balanced. Yeah, 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 or yeah. it doesn't flow well. Yeah, yeah. I hate those kind of movies. Like, well, you mentioned with the Malay movies, where it doesn't look like it was polished <sighs> when it, when it came to post editing, and I hate that. It's like, you you know, like the the saying the lampungakap like buat sah habis baik. Yeah, yeah. I always stick to that until now. So if you're doing something, you might as well do it properly, right? So I feel like people who don't do that, they're just they're basically just threw all of their hard work oh, into the drain. Well, I mean, relax. <laughs> Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the first time making a movie. Yeah, I'm not saying that <laughs> you have to be good on the first time. I'm saying that you know, when you first start, it's not going to be as good, right? But mm-hmm. you want progress, and from like the the Malay movies that you always watch on the TV, like RTM mm. or TV3, right? You don't see that progress. It's always mm. the same kind of quality. It looks the like they follow the same years. formula. Yeah, and then they just stuck day. to it. And I especially hate the camera angle sometimes. It's like some weird Malay, Malaysian camera angle <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like trying to be artistic, but you're just not hitting it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. basically, amateur hour lah. Yeah, basically amateur. I mean, you have good or well-known actors, but for some reason, the execution has never improved for the past 10-20 years. What's your... If someone would ask you, what's your... I'm asking you. Um, what's your favorite like Malay movie, quality-wise? Quality-wise? Ooh. If there are any, because I can't recall any, to be honest. Not because that I I don't watch a lot, so yeah, that's hard because I don't watch a lot too. Yeah, it's um, hard to criticize something. But I would say we are made my list. Um, I like that's Indonesian. No, I thought it's Malaysian. I don't know. It's it's Malaysian. Yeah, no, it is Malaysian because that was the Malaysian police inside it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they shot in Kelantan. At least it appears like it's in Kelantan. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a Malaysian. Let me just Malaysian action film. Adrian Tay. Curious, what else did this guy do? Because if it's the same guy, oh yeah, he did Pascal. That have you seen Pascal? Yeah. And your thoughts? Because I hear it's really good. I think it's good, but we are it's better. Ah, uh-huh. okay. That's a uh, high praise for Vera. Um, there's this movie where I can't quite remember the title of it. Um, Baka. I think that's what it's called. Baka. I think that was a good movie. It's uh, Sharifa Armani and this dude whose name I can't remember. But I think that's a good movie. Ew, I, li- mm, I like this. Yeah. Because uh, one of them I personally know. Yeah. I don't completely like it. Oh, but I think overall, it's a cool movie. I think some of the actors are a bit... Um, the acting. Are you papan? Yeah, yeah, kind of papan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Which one? I'm curious. <laughs> I would rather not say. Actually, I wouldn't know that name anyway. So Show me. <laughs> Uh, I think 
can't remember what I wrote now, to be honest. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you don't have to judge. But that dude, Amiro Afendi, now that I've seen him, um, he's in this movie called... Um, what was it called again? It's this movie about police corruption and... Yeah, One Two Jaga. I, I like that movie. I think it's very cinematic. I think the storyline is is strong. Overall, I think it's a good movie. I think the actors are pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was in Pascal too? Yes, he was. I think he was a bad guy in Pascal. Okay. I think Police Evil is lame. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I mean, too much. I can't remember the last movie I saw. The last movie I saw was about a guy who um, I think fell in love with his adopted sister. <laughs> Which is uh, typical, typical Malay storyline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it had that uh, that Palare guy. Do you know Palare? Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. He's, he's not bad. He's, he's actually pretty good. He's, he's actually done he's, good for himself. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like, he's doing well in Indonesia too. Good for him. Yeah, very marketable. Very marketable. Definitely with his name too. What's his full name? I can't remember. It's something something Palare. Never mind. Wasting time. <laughs> but yeah, I think what gets to me the most is the quality of acting in Malaysia. I'm not saying I'm a good actor and far from it, but as you from, see it. I mean you don't yeah, have to you be it, you don't have to be a person who does it. To yeah, it's, it's see pretty it. obvious. Like the acting is like well, how you put it, papan or a bit too over the top where yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't think that's how people usually act or react to something right it seems like it's forced on or scripted and i don't like feeling that i'm being duped into watching lies <laughs> i want to see stuff that looks natural right and that leads into the content that you create yeah too, like that naturalness so that's yeah. number one for you yep okay. that's number one for me um like i i do the same when i do photography shoots um because a lot of people aren't comfortable in front of the camera like they know they have to get the photo taken but they're not comfortable and when i take headshots Ooh. i used to take a lot of headshots um for like actors and stuff no for <laughs> friends yeah not that big <laughs> um what i do is i tell them to just relax which never works you know, yeah and stop and be sitting in this awkward position so what I do is because I, I only need to take two to three good headshots. Um, and what I usually do is I talk to them. I have conversations with them on topics that I think they will have a lot to say about, you know, and I capture expressions. And those expressions are actually the best photos I get because they're candid, sincere. Natural. It's natural, it's candid, and you see it through that photo, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's the same thing I, I apply to videos, right? I want that person to feel comfortable yeah. to be themselves, right? And basically, don't give a shit that there's a camera recording. Even yeah. better if you can forget that there's a camera recording, oh, right? Yeah. So I think most of the hard work is trying to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? talk just talk about anything yeah like if a guy lights up a cigarette i would light up a cigarette as well and then smoke it then i have conversations while the camera is rolling you know that kind of stuff right don't leave them doing stuff alone where it feels like should i be doing this right <laughs> you want them to be themselves okay 
what if that person is the reserve type? Uh, well, if they are the reserve type, and you're referring to videos, right? Or it can be anything. Okay, so if it's videos and you have a person who's the reserve type, they're not going to agree to make the video anyway, so it's not oh, going to be a problem. But what, okay, but... Yeah, you, you can find you... someone else for that. You can't force someone to be someone they're not. Oh, no, I mean, like, what are their... They want to do the video. It's just that they do feel... They, they're a bit reserved. They don't know how to... Oh, okay, yeah. Now up and relax. Again, it, it falls down to... The host, the, the host, uh, making that person director. Yeah. So, like, maybe instead of just asking direct questions, right? So, like, um, if you if you could pick three motorcycles, well, which motorcycles would you pick? Now, to me, that's a direct question, right? What? It's kind, of, it's kind of like mengejut, <laughs> like what's your spirit animal? <laughs> yeah, like what's your spirit animal, right? But uh, how I would, how I I would always um, kind of transition smoothly into that you know, by talking about something else but it's just to get a conversation started and then mm -hmm. from there kind of like smoothly direct the flow to that question that I want to ask mm -hmm. yeah that's how I usually do it and slide the DMs yeah um, at one point that person is going to forget this camera is rolling because mm -hmm. he'll be thinking like mm, okay well, what are the three motorcycles and then once you know you get starting you get started talking about that you know you get the conversation rolling it becomes easier for him to talk about it <laughs> i'm just imagining i'm just imagining you being that photographer and then there's like a model just look natural like what are your three motorcycles that you love <laughs> oh, no, i don't talk about motorcycles with everyone um I try to have conversations before on camera just to uh, gauge, you know, where they what are. kind of person he is, uh, what kind of topics they like, you know, how, that helps me understand, like, how can I make that guy feel comfortable? Yeah. So I think having that icebreaker plays a huge role, right? Because it takes a bit of psychology, I would say, right? Psychology in, this, in that I don't know why you look area like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 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 right, just like, understanding it's, it's, that guy's yeah. psyche yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I've been trying to do that a lot with audio as well and I feel like a lot of people at least when I tell them let's just have a conversation I feel like a lot of people don't really know not don't really know it's just that they don't really get that a lot mm. like a nice conversation Ever since I started this podcast, I it's been painfully obvious whenever someone talks over someone else, and it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's them. So I try not to limit that to that set. Might not be a good idea. Um, and that's why that's one of my biggest. Uh, I keep saying struggle. Uh, that's one of my biggest pro problem. Whenever I have more than one person, <laughs> because if I can, you know, just shut the fuck up and listen. Mm. I'm not. Well, I'm not judging you. anyone. By the way, if there's any of the previous people Maybe listening to this, but you can employ something like uh, I don't know, like a piece of uh, an object where you pass it around, and oh, whoever shit. has that has the right to talk right now, and then you pass it around. I don't sure. I'm not sure if it's going to work. <laughs> It's an idea. It's an idea yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from when there's more than one person uh, in that session and then, you know, they both have 
stuff to talk about, stuff to share. And especially when, oh no, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. And then they start getting into this conversation where you have mixed audio coming. <laughs> Agreeing, disagreeing, yeah. I totally get. And I'm totally fine with that. It's just when... Wait for your turn. <laughs> wait for your turn, but also listen. Yeah. It's, not, it's not just wait for your turn and then talk whatever you were thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay, you said something. I wanted to say something. But now that I know what you're saying, I'm going to process it. And then just, okay, this is my turn. This is my product. Um, I'm not trying to judge anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing, because I know you're a perfectionist. I think you already said that a, lot of, <laughs> a few times already. Not judging is just that, I guess for me, my main stru- I need to delete that word from my vocabulary for a bit. My main problem, my main challenge that I had to go through whenever I started doing product creative creative content is I know I'm gonna judge it, and there are a lot of things that I can improve, and there are a lot of things that I can tweak. But if I don't just fucking do it, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, uh, I I did stand up for <laughs> a couple of times and. The only reason why I got there is because I always hear people say, don't worry about it. The first few times, few months, few years, it's going to be shit. But as long as you just keep doing it, it's, you're, it's gonna, it's gonna move forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that explains the shitty quality of this podcast. Yeah. Well, if you, if you believe you'll get better, you will get better mm. because you will put in the work to make to improve basically right whether it's the audio quality or the format or the structure you know the, the editing right you, you'll improve because i think it starts with realizing that okay i can do better mm. you know that's the first step right and then you slowly figure out how to get to that point where it becomes better and better and better okay right rather than like because i've met people where not judging but <laughs> um i've met people where um they believe that they're the best. Ah, and it's like they, they live in a bubble where I had this one instance where we had um, a bunch of us recorded a song, but we didn't have vocals because none of us could sing. Or at least not, none of us can sing that song at least. Um, so we started asking others to like, you know, why don't you, know, you provide us with vocals and we'll just mix you in. So this one guy... Uh, provided his vocals, um, just samples of it, and it sounded okay. Mm-hmm. Just that small sample. But when um, he actually did the whole song, it wasn't that great, to be honest. And I, when I was editing it, I really don't know how to approach this problem because his voice isn't good enough. But I can't. I, I'm not that kind of person who's mean enough to go tell him, dude your voice sucks can you like redo it again especially when you're asking people as a favorite to like you know submit their vocals it's just I, I just don't think that's nice so what i tried to do instead is i mixed it mm-hmm. and then sent it back to him and asked him like okay take that? a listen to it and um let me know if you think uh you sound okay and everything else is okay before mm-hmm. i finalize it I'm, i was hoping he would like Oh no, I sound like shit, man. Hang on, let me re-record my part again. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. The guy said, 
Wow, I saw incredible, man. Really good job. <laughs> so that's put me even in a I'm, situation where I ended up not I'm questioning your, your quality assurance here. <laughs> yes, I- we'll be right back after this. Hello, my name is Joe, and I love fishing. I like talk about fishing, but I have no friends. As XKG, I mean postal man. I could not tell people about my passion. But now I have Squarespace. With Squarespace, you just click. And there, you have website. Now I talk to billions about fishing. So go to squarespace.com slash happyfishman for exclusive deal now. Or I kill you. I realize that there are people who aren't aware that you know, there's, there's room for improvement, but they think they are amazing. You know, so I think if you have that mindset where hmm, I think I can improve, that's the first step already. You're acknowledging that well, it's not necessarily a problem, but you're acknowledging that there's room for improvement, and then think, you'll work your way towards it. Do you think that's a very common problem in the world today? I think it's a very common problem. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I I think because not a lot of people spend time um, to reflect, Mm. right? Even as a as a human being, not a lot of people sit down, spend like a few minutes, like ten minutes, maybe just alone, quiet, just like thinking about what they've accomplished or what sort of person they are, or maybe what happened today. Was it called for or uncalled for? Like not a lot of people actually reflect. Do you do that daily? I I do that daily. I do that. Um, how do you do like just in your mind or do you actually blurt it out in- no just in my mind okay. um i always sleep late because i have an insomnia so when it's and everyone or like my when my wife is asleep and then i'd be either playing video games or <laughs> i'd be downstairs in front of the tv but not actually watching the tv or i mm. just turn it off completely and I'll just you're alone with your thoughts. Yeah, then I'll be alone with my thoughts, and I start processing everything. Like, am I a good person, right? Like, for mm. example, how do I feel about this certain thing, right, a certain topic? Um, and then I reflect, like, am I practicing that, mm. right? Am I? Um, do I? So I talk the talk, but do I walk the walk, right? I mm. always ask myself that, right? Because if I don't do that, then I'm just a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Right. So that helps me. Well, <laughs> I'm not in the business of judging anyone. So, um, but no, yeah, uh, that's that's great. Do you see any value, you know, putting pen to paper? Um, not just you know. I feel like there are a lot of ways to do that. So you can either journal. You can either podcast you can either <laughs> make well, videos it, it, it comes down to why do you want it to why do you want to put it to panel pen and people or because podcast wow. is it because you want to share that oh, right. with others or is it just for your personal reference or you know i think i'm not sure i mean i'm not sure if you agree but i think there's definitely value transferring whatever is in your head into anything else because you have you actually have to articulate exactly what is in your mind so if you can't find the words to actually articulate it you're not essentially maybe maybe 
maybe processing it 100%. All right, understood. Um, so far, I haven't had that problem. I can. Art- you are a gifted person. <laughs> I can articulate. When it comes to reflecting on the type of person I am, I can actually articulate that in my mind. Uh, I wouldn't say perf- perfectly, but, you know, uh, to a certain extent that I feel comfortable with, or I think like I can process it clearly. But when it comes to ideas, right, I always have to put that uh, on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and then to see how mm-hmm. that branches out because I can't imagine it going forward. But when it comes to reflecting, I'm actually going back. So I have that memory in my head. And then what I have to do is just reflect on it and figure out if should I should I continue with this approach or should I change it? And then how should I change it, right? And then once I, if I feel like I have to change something and I have somewhat of an idea of how to change it, then I start imagining it in my head. Like, okay, if I do this, what would the outcome be, right? If I do this instead, then what would the outcome be, right? So anything that is has something to do with um, personal character building on, for me, everything is within my head. I don't put it down on a piece of paper because I feel like that is something that is <laughs> private. Yeah. I don't want people to find that, right? It's just personally for oh, me. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I hear you. <laughs> because there's some stuff that when, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's, it's fucked not, up. It's not fully formed. It's, it's, not, it's fully not fully formed. formed to me, sometimes it's idea. just a fucked up um, thought that's just lingering around and you just have to address it like am i fucked up because i'm thinking about this well, right now i really want to know what <laughs> What do you consider fucked up um right now it's hard to say because it's just one of those things where it just crosses your mind like, oh wait mm. i feel like this is fucked up but i'm not entirely sure like i have to spend like few minutes just sitting alone thinking about it to determine whether it's fucked up or if it's okay but it's not something that you know it's something that always lingers around it's just something like maybe you're watching a movie or watching tv and then like you see something that it just pops this thought in your mind Mm. whether it's fucked up or not Mm. yeah i mean obviously there's nothing wrong with that no that's not as long as you don't Mm. depends (laughs) depends i guess ballpark like, I because here's the thing you saying it's something's fucked up I don't know if it's the same as what I would consider fucked up so yeah I'm just wondering what's your fucked up that's hard I can't think of any right now because <laughs> now you're putting me in a, a spot fake, where... a f- okay, let's let's it's a fake fucked up thought why don't you produce some examples and uh, I'll tell you if it's fucked up because I can't think of any. What's a fake fucked up? Ooh. Asakira. Well, any... <laughs> any... Um, oh, shit. Yeah, my whole search list is there <laughs> for, for you to see. <laughs> any guesses why I Googled What's a Asakira? BLM little girl sign? What's What's BLM? Uh, you don't know. Oh, you don't know what BLM is. No. Huh. Let's see. Don't worry. It's totally innocent. Wait. Uh, yeah. So I was looking for this sign because I feel like oh, it represents. Oh, matter. Yes. Okay. BLM. It represents the BLM movement quite. I mean, the good side of it, at least. What do you think about 
BLM. Ooh, heavy topic. Wait, I feel like I had something to say just now. We were still on. Uh, what's a fucked up thought? The reason why I was googling Asahira is because I was listening to Ramones. Mm, yeah, baby. Um, no, I was listening to her podcast. She's actually pretty interesting, but only because I I heard their their latest episode, and it's about you know Black Lives Matter and you know, racial tensions within the porn industry. Mm. Mm. Just to be frank, I, I don't really listen to podcasts. Fair enough, yeah. bruh. <laughs> I always that. I'm, it's I'm a weird thing. A, no, I'm more of a visual person. Fair. Right. I, I've tried podcasts. I, I've tried listening to podcasts before, but I always end up falling asleep because I don't have visuals to stimulate me. And the content itself might not be at that interest level that i have it's interesting it's just that what's, it can't... what's interesting what's an interesting podcast to you uh i don't know to like be uh aliens with joe rogan or <laughs> i've never tried listening to joe rogan before, so i can't really comment on that but i don't know topics that are thought-provoking i would say i'm interested in that but again there's no guarantee that i would actually listen to the entire podcast because again i'm a visual person i need a video i need to see something yeah like sure. it can be the same um interview or the same discussion on that podcast but i need to see it happen like yeah yeah like that's why that's why when we reach our um patreon goal we'll, we'll have live youtube recordings <laughs> for visual people <laughs> um fucked up thought fucked up thought uh fucked up thought i guess it's hard. Rape <laughs> fantasies? Rape fantasies. Who do you plan to rape? <laughs> oh, I didn't say I wanted to rape anyone. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> like, What kind of rape fantasies? Like, who do you fantasize? Um, rape porn. In? Porn stars? No, no, no. Oh, like rape <laughs> fantasy porn? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean... No, I mean... That's an I, example I of. Feel uh, like, that's I, an example. Of, yeah, I understand. I feel like it's fifty-fifty on what I think about it. I think I know that some couples are into that. Mm. You know, it's kind of like their fantasy. Um, you know, rape is a fantasy, but it's okay because they're a couple, right? I think some couple actually do that. But on the other spectrum is people who you know, watch rape fantasies because they have this urge to rape. I think that's a huge problem, right? That could be, never know. It's hard yeah, to say. Never know, but you, that person might not rape, you know, someone, but it definitely affects their mindset and how they look at people, I would say. Like, they could be a little bit perverted on the negative side rather than the positive. I think are you the kink, way... Are you kink-shaming? I wouldn't say it's kink-shaming. I think anything with consent is completely fine. The problem is when you don't have consent, right? Um, for example, guys who watch kiddie porn, right? That's completely wrong. Oh, okay, yeah. that, that, that would have been a better fucked-up example, <laughs> actually. But, um... Yeah, like, kiddie porn is completely no for mm. me i think that is so, so fucked no up dog. right and again it's a fantasy 
to mm. you know people who are into that. I think they are fucked up. They need to get checked. Mm. But like rape fantasy, if you have consent, right, then I don't think it's a problem. Problem is that when you don't have consent, like you're watching it on porn, and somehow that makes you want to rape someone without consent. That's a huge problem, isn't it? If it leads to there, definitely. There, yeah. What about porn where everyone's an adult, but it's labeled as, oh, I'm a little girl. I still think that's fucked up because at the end of the day, you are, or that person who's watching that is triggered or aroused by a little girl, mm. even though that, you know, the actor is actually 20 or you know, above legal age, but mm. pretending to be below 18, for example. Yeah, to me, that's still like, you are trying to satisfy um, this viewer who has fantasies of getting it on with an underage girl. So what would you recommend that person do? I don't know, get counseling or something, <laughs> get help. Um, so are we anywhere near your ballpark of fucked up or can it get I think fuckier? No, I think that's near enough, I guess. Mm. Mine kind of fucked up is more like, am I mean to say that or think about that? It's not really okay. that fucked up. Yeah. Okay. I would say child pornography is really fucked up. I would say animal abuse is fucked up. It is. Yeah, I think if you are capable of abusing an animal, you're capable of abusing a human People. being. Yeah, yeah, it starts from there. Have you have you seen Mindhunter? No, I haven't. <sighs> we talk a lot about like oh the history, the the profile of a serial killer, and I guess there are studies saying that people who abuse um, animals when they're younger, they're gonna take it on to people. So. Yeah, um, another, okay, I guess we can move on to the fucked up part. What I think about BLM, which part? I don't know, what do you think of it? In general. Uh, They deserve it. (laughs) What, they deserve? America. (laughs) America deserves it? (laughs) Why? Um, it's due. They're due for a some sort of trying to say that event. the majority of Americans are racist towards the blacks and other minorities. I would say there's enough for them to, you know. Well, I guess this is my question for you then. Yeah. Why black lives matter instead of all lives matter? Yeah, is that clear enough? Sorry. <laughs> so... It's because right now it's the blacks who need the attention right now. Is that it? They're currently the loudest. Because statistically, oh, I shouldn't say that. Is it because (laughs) if it was was all lives matter, it's instead, no, that wouldn't be enough focus on the blacks. Is that it? That's why the use of black lives matters is just to highlight that. This, this shit is going on to the, what's the blacks. What if we change it to Black Lives Matter too? Yeah, I think that would be better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be better. Yeah. Because I think, I understand um, why it happened, why it has to happen. I'm completely against racism, but I think it's a, it's a very tricky line to navigate, right? 
Um, for example, I understand that, you know, um, uh, demonstrating, uh, mm -hmm. you know, going for demonstrations not um, is a good thing, right? You want to highlight it. You want to bring that um, topic to attention. But it doesn't help when you have black people looting, right? It doesn't help Ooh, the cause. Black people looting? Yeah, you, you see videos, right? Well, it's all not just the blacks. All the looters are black? No, no, it's not. I'm not saying all the looters are black. Yeah. You, you see videos of people looting. So that mm -hmm. means whether they're white or Hispanic, they're black, they're on video actually looting. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help the cause, right? That just, you know proves what the other guys are saying. Yeah, this is why they're in jail. They're supposed to be in jail because they do this shit. If, if you view them as a separate entity? If, uh, what do you mean by a separate entity? As in, when there's, when there's unrest, there's chaos, there's looting. Again, yes. There's going to be looting, but you don't have to do it. You, you're supposed to... Okay. Oh, uh, but yeah, but... You have, the, you have the opportunity to decide what to do. Right. For example, you have the blacks, uh, Hispanics, and the whites, you know, rallying for Black Lives Matter, supporting that movement, mm -hmm. right? That's a good thing. I I believe that's a good thing because they're fighting for um, anti-racism. Anti um, but if if I was a black and I was looting, I'd be hurting that cause. No one's asking me to loot. That's my decision. But exactly. why the fuck would I do that? I want to exactly. I want to fight racism. Looting doesn't uh, help that. Do you? I mean, like, as a looter, do you really give a shit about this protest? That's that's my question. Again, yeah. I I assume if you loot, you don't you're, really give a shit. Same. So yeah. my assumption is, if you're looting, you're not part of the cause. No, you're not part of the cause. Exactly. But it affects the cause. Because people only see colors, don't they? True, but it gives it gives people um, it gives people the excuse to say, "Look, the blacks are looting too," even though he has nothing to do with the movement, but just because he's racially black, and that becomes a problem for the movement themselves. It's just like um, being Malay, and you believe in equality. You believe that everyone should have. Equal we need a, We need our own little <laughs> uprising, right? For equality. Yeah. And you're trying your best to show others, like all the other race um, that's around, like the Chinese, the Indians, whoever else, even mm. people outside of Malaysia that, no, Malays are not racist. Right? Mm. We actually want to live in harmony with everyone else. We believe in equality. Do but then know? there are those, the Malays, who are racist. Where were we with BLM? can't remember. Fuck. <laughs> lost my uh okay okay so what i'm trying to say is it's hard for how i view it is okay black people have tried peaceful protesting a lot a shit ton for a long time sometimes that went to protesting looting then it quelled down but now it's like peak probably in the u.s but to me, it's kind of like, well, I can't control these people. I mean, I'm, if I'm a black person, I can't control these people. There was this interesting thing that I heard on a podcast that mentioned about contracts. So let's say what's important to you as a human being is your life, 
your happiness, your property. I guess property would be the bottom one. So between society and Black people, the contract of, okay, society didn't let you have an equal um, equal opportunity for happiness or uh, just being treated as a human being. They broke that contract. Now the looters, and again, I think they're still separate, but the looters are just destroying the property part of that contract. So who's the fair one here? It's never going to be fair. I think it's it's not an ideal situation. Um, but if you look at it as society being the adult in the relationship where they're supposed to be providing or doing good things and the looters are the children, of course, I don't think anyone who is who really wants good change uh, wants protest, uh, looting to happen and violence. But I mean, it's kind of like if you poke a dog mm. enough times, it's going to bite you. So that, that's how I see the looting law. Yeah, I think I, I think the biggest problem with looters is that it, it, it's kind of like diminishing. It backfires on what everyone else is fighting for, which is a good cause, right? And again, like you mentioned, you can't control them, right? They're going to do whatever the shit they want to do, right? They don't give a shit about the cause. and They just want to take the opportunity to loot, right? And then you have you Asian provocateurs yeah, too and, then, and stuff like that. Yeah, and then you have yeah, provocateurs you know, pointing at, yeah, no, fuck the blacks, they're looting, right? For example, mm. where else, if you watch the video, everyone's looting, it's not just the blacks, right? Yeah. It's basically people who don't give a shit. It's like yeah. just opportunists trying to get some free stuff. Saw so a lot of white kids with skateboards like trying to yeah. smash windows. Like, what but, the fuck are you doing? Um, what would help for that cause actually would be if they they announced that they're against um, everyone who's looting. At least it kind of gives everyone else the idea where you know they are they are protesting peacefully and they are against these people who are <laughs> looting regardless whether they're black or not. Right, that needs to be established because, or else, people are just gonna use that to provoke. So, sorry, I just brain fart. No, can you repeat what you just said? Well, that's hard. I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> still, <laughs> still getting used to this. Some lapse in attention. Uh, so, like, uh, if I had to re-say it, um, it's kind of like how. As a Malay, you want to let people know that you think um, everyone is equal. It's not really, it's not about the race. I always think that race is about heritage. It's not about um, how, you, it's not about segre um, segregation, right? I think in Malaysia, everyone's Malaysian. That's number one. You know, I don't think your race should be on your IC. Malaysian first. Malaysian first. I think regardless whether you are Malay, Chinese, or Indian, or Kadazan or Ibana, right? Mm. It's that's heritage where you come from. That's your background, right? But you're Malaysian at the end of the day. So that's how I see it. But then again, you have these other people, right? Who are on the say, conservative side where it's and everything. And it's hard to fight for equality and to display that image where as a Malay, are equal to everyone when you have these other guys 
who are doing the exact opposite. It's not helping your cause. So what you can do instead is denounce them. Like saying like, I don't agree. He's Malay, I'm Malay, but I don't agree to that shit. Mm-hmm. Right? At least people on the outside knows that you can't paint everyone with a single brush. Right, you have Malays who are fighting for a good cause, wants mm-hmm. equality. But then again, you also have Malays who are against it because mm-hmm. they feel insecure or they feel like they their right deserve more than any everyone else, you know. But you know, you have you need to make it distinct that not all Malays are the same, just like not all blacks are the same. That distinction needs to happen, or else people are going to use that to provoke your cause, and then which doesn't help you. I. Don't, I, I'm going to admit that I'm very ignorant with what exactly and why exactly we have Katona and Mayu. I mean, are you fairly privy to that? I don't know much, actually. I yeah. think everything happened in uh, in the past. I think it's all history. But then again, history, I think at some point becomes subjective as well because whoever controls history controls the future. Uh, that's the saying, right? Um, uh, so to the victor, no, no, not to the victor. Because as well as it's the winners write history. Yeah, yeah it's the winners, like that, right? So the, whatever history you learn or whatever history you read about might not actually be at, you know what actually exactly went down, what happened, right? But if you try to take into account everything that you know, everything that you've experienced, everything that you've observed and seen, you know, kind of gives you an idea like i i think that maybe back then the malays were pampered like during the british era you know when you know they were colonizing malaysia right you know i think the malays were a lot more pampered because um let's just say the malays were the uh the owner of the house right (laughs) and then you have a guest who just barged in and oh wait here are some mangroves where you just sit down it's okay we'll do anything else and then they bring in the Indians, the Chinese for, you know, uh, Tima and for rubber tapping. You know, that, that's you know, the history that we learn, right? So I think all the other races that aren't Malay has had it hard from the beginning. And they've always hustled until today. And I think that is why what makes them strong. That is what drives them. They know that they can't count on anyone except themselves. They have to do it. It's do or die. And which elevates them because they are, they, they are pro, I think that they are, their progress is way better than the Malays, mainly because they've just struggled for so long, mm. right? Mm. Malays are pampered. They expect handouts. That's, mm. that's what I see. They want things to be easy for them. They're not willing to fight. They don't like competition. <laughs> and you see that with, you know, quotas, like, you know, Malay quotas here mm-hmm. and there, right? I think that's unfair. I believe... If like the Chinese and Indians, right, they have this limitation, like, you know, only 10% can go to uni, for example, right? But yet, they're striving. Why is that, right? Because they've, they've had it hard for a long time. They've always struggled. And that, you know, that makes them into better achievers, I would say, right? You, it's hard to bring them down because they've had it. They've worse. had grit. Yeah, they've had grit. Malays aren't on, on that level yet, I, I think. And the problem is uh, race and religion is a common tool that is used in Malaysia as a form of control, right? Because it, politics. it's politics, yeah. 
So you strike fear into the majority Malays by saying the Chinese are trying to take away um, either Malay privileges or Muslim privileges, which I think is completely bullshit. Maybe at some parts, maybe some people are actually trying to provoke that, but it's not necessarily true. But it's easy to play the fears of people. And if you're not well equipped to analyze that, to just take a step back and whoa, okay, let me just look at everything you know, in a bigger picture, right? If you can't do that, you, you're prone to just following and then you eat that bullshit up and actually feel like, oh, the Chinese are after the Malays or the uh, Chinese are after Islam. But what people fail to see is, you know, so in Malaysia, if you're Malay, you're automatically Muslim, right? What people aren't aware is that if you read the Quran, right? The Quran says that God doesn't like segregation, right? God created uh, tribes and nations for you know everyone to know each other, right? To live with each other, but God hates segregation. That means you know God hates people who are racist, you know, in essence, right? But that's not what people are practicing, even though they're Muslims, right? And it's I think it's because they don't. Um, they don't equip themselves with that knowledge of you know, being the one to pursue that knowledge rather than being spoon-fed that knowledge. Because I like to figure things out on myself. I don't like being a sheep. That's one thing I hate. Um, a lot of people rely on um, religious leaders for guidance and what else. You know, that's okay, right? It's, it's like me asking someone for an opinion on a subject. But I don't... I, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't completely believe in it because I just want an opinion mm-hmm. so I can bounce things back and forth to decide on you know, what I think about something. Um, but that's not what a lot of people do. Like, you know, if a religious leader says, no, this, 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 and then they'll just follow it because that guy said so. Like, if you ask them, why do you believe in that? Oh, because that guy said so. Because yeah. it's, it's the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, and you should never question. Mm-hmm. But that's the worst thing, actually. Like, the Quran teaches us to question everything. That's yeah. why we have. That's why God gave us a mind, right? Mm-hmm. You always have to question because even in the Quran it says that if you don't question, you're prone to being a sheep, or not the actual word, but you know, that's what it meant. <laughs> Crazy. Um, that you know, uh, religion can be used as a tool for abuse. If yes. you don't question, that will happen, and that is happening, right? So oh, so much. Yeah. So that's what I think about it. I think. Um, I think it's because Malays have been pampered for a long time. Um, and now, like, you know, it's so easy for you to just provoke and say the Chinese are trying to bring down the Malays or the Chinese is attacking Islam, right? When, in fact, they're not, mm. right? Even if they are, are you really, do you really think that it's that easy? Like, for example, when there was that issue with um, church, the churches in Malaysia with the crosses and <laughs> By just by looking at the cross, it can harm your faith in Islam. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's complete bullshit. Like, are you How trying to yeah? Are you trying to say that your faith? faith is so weak that a simple cross can just like automatically want you to go, get out of Islam into another religion or something? That's so weak. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people don't see that. Mm. People do not see that at all. They don't think. They don't reflect. They don't question. That's the problem. I mean, talking about this, it just makes me want to talk to someone who's on the opposite side. So, because 
The thing is, I mean, if they believe in it so much, you just want to figure out why. Yeah, you want to figure out why. That said, what's your opinion on producing media or giving a platform to people you think have dangerous opinions? That's hard. I think you need a good legal team for that. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously think you need a good legal team for that. Well, that's why I'm. It's a very fine line. Like, can it can either be good or it can turn horribly bad. Like if it instigates riots yes, and shit like that. Riots, yeah. Yeah, that's hard for me. I I really want to believe in freedom of speech and then like having the message out there and letting people judge it themselves. But then you're putting a lot of faith in people not misconstruing it or at least the intention of having a platform for dangerous opinions. So I, I think that's the problem with media today, like uh, news agencies, especially. And mm-hmm. I've had this conversation before with a friend who works with Al Jazeera. So he says the problem with media today is they're too opinionated mm-hmm. when in fact the role of media or the role of a reporter is just to report the facts, not what they think about it, just the facts. News media. News media. Yeah. And then let people decide what they think about it. Yeah. They're only reporting the facts, that's it. But that's not how news media are nowadays. You can see they're either leaning towards this side or they're leaning towards this other side, right? What's your go-to news media? I don't have any. I just read whatever is there, you know, whatever pops up, and then I take it with a grain of salt. That's perfectly what, I mean, what everyone should do. Okay. I love NPR. Because they try to be unbiased and not very opinionated. And what's amusing to me is how they handle news nowadays. So because there's so much fucked up news, especially coming from the American administration. So whenever something really fucked up comes out and NPR is trying to report it, it's like <laughs> you can you can hear it there. Um, they're really hard trying to suppress their opinions. Like, why? Why are they doing that? It, they they really try hard to do that. So yeah, that I yeah bias in media. I feel like you can't run away from it. Uh, all you can do is try to consume it responsibly. Well, I think when you're consuming it, you you have to be your own gatekeeper. Mm. Yeah, you have to. Decide, you're your own moderator. Yeah, whether it's it's worth reading or worth knowing about or if it's just plain bullshit because I think the news media has a lot to play when it comes to the toxicity of people's <sighs> mindset especially when like if when you go on YouTube and then uh, sorry not YouTube but when you go on Facebook and people start sharing this and that and then it it kind of stirs up this negative feeling around people where it's just about negative things and that even though you don't believe in that shit but you you see those headlines and then it just affects you at some point right and then it builds up that negativity in you where you're just like oh you know, I have a fucked up country for example right and you don't want to think about that you just want to do positive stuff you want to grow you want to do this shit and that shit but you have you know the media reporting this and people sharing it and it's just flooding your your what do you call that your timeline of feeds 
So you have to be a gatekeeper to make sure like, ah, oh, this is bullshit. I don't want to read that. I don't want to see that. And then just keep the stuff that you feel like is important to you. That's the thing. I mean, problem with social media, I forgot the exact line, but they capitalize on people's need or want for, I don't know what's the word, like media that provokes you. So like, yeah, Black Lives Matter and everyone else doesn't or um, white nationalism, stuff mm. like that. And um Melayu sedang di di pertikaikan kita ayo mari and stuff like that. It's like that's what people are like passionate and like fuck yeah, let's share this. I think because a lot of people just need an excuse to fight. To be honest, <sighs> yeah. yeah. I was really hoping that COVID would bring together people a little bit more. Little, it did a little bit, but then a lot of other shit happened. No, it's, I, I blame politics for it. Huh? I blame politics for it. Because yeah. I think overall, how the situation was handled in Malaysia was pretty good. I think like that guy, um, DG, uh, DG, Shama, yeah, did yeah. a really good job. But I wouldn't... I wouldn't clap for the government for that effort. I think it's completely him and KKM. I think they did a marvelous job. I think the rest, the government themselves, they're just playing politics. And that, if anything, it just creates negativity among Malaysians who are locked down. Nothing better to do than just like read stuff online and mm. swipe online because mm. they have nothing better to do. They can't go out. <laughs> Most of them can't even work because everything is under MCO. That doesn't help. Yeah. So that doesn't help. So at the end of the day, I think it's all about politics. I think politics is the worst thing. What's your opinion on our response to COVID? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're okay with that. <laughs> I don't want to dump stuff on you. I don't know. I think it's good. It could be better. Um, bit concerned about you know everything, you know, up coming back. Know, operating like how it used to like you know, going back to normal i think as long as we still have positive cases in malaysia i don't think it's a good time but at the, at the same time i also understand that the economy has to you know jump start again to make sure the country doesn't fall into debt and whatnot but precautions needs to be taken and of course they come up with sops and whatnot but how do you completely enforce it Right. How do you actually make sure that social distancing um, is being adhered to? It's hard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was reading where I think preschools right, and Tadika will mm -hmm. be operational again, uh, what, 10th of July or something like that? Something sometime like that. soon. Oh, and then the SOPs would be like, they, the kids have to stay within their own boxes, <sighs> something like that. Kids won't even listen to their parents. Fuck yeah! <laughs> you expect them to stay in boxes, right? It's easier said that's than done. Thing. So I don't know. I think stuff like that—that's what you know concerns me. Like, how do you make sure it actually works, right? Like, even when the MCO was lifted for a while, I think for a week back then, right? And then when people were like down again. Road. Yeah, people were like out. Like yeah, the the road was packed. It's it was old, jammed. Old normal is back. Old normal is back, right? Yeah. And you can see that a lot of people haven't adapted to the fact yet. Oh, hang on, we're still under a pandemic. Yeah, still have to be careful, right? <laughs> no, automatically people just forget. Like they think, oh, okay, it's done. You know, everything is fine. 
I can go back, do my own stuff. I can, you know, stand right next to a person and not worry about anything. I don't have to wash my hands anymore. But that's not the fact, right? So a lot of people haven't actually um, adopted the new norm. You know, that's what I think about it. So at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. Thank you for trying to summarize and make it like neatly packaged. <laughs> I appreciate that. So at the end of the day, I, I, it is what it is. But I think the only thing we can control is how we handle the situation. Mm. So I, I go out, wear a mask before I, and then when I arrive somewhere, I would find a, a sink somewhere or somewhere to wash my hands first before I even touch anyone or a handshake or anything or even a fist bump, right? Uh, so I try to be careful with that at least. Do you like wearing masks? No, I don't. Oh. I actually don't like going out these days too because I have a habit of touching my face. Oh yeah, yeah. And but at least with a mask, it's like oh sh, no shit. Yeah, like if yeah, you, you touch know. your or your eyes or something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I do that a lot. So that's why I hate going out right now because I might do it, not realizing it, and it's always tiring to you know keep reminding myself don't touch your face, don't touch your face. But it's harder said than done. Interaction wise, uh, interaction wise, I find that because I'm wondering because I actually like wearing the mask in public. It makes me a little more. Anonymous. I can do whatever fuck I want. <laughs> Not that I do crazy shit, but it's like uh, I'm actually like listening to music. Like uh, I don't, I don't like the mask just for the fact that it's uncomfortable after a while once you mm. breathe and then all that vapor gets trapped inside and starts sweating around your mouth. Okay. Yeah, hate that. I understand. You know, it's, it's necessary, but don't like it. What? <laughs> You're looking at me very expectantly. <laughs> I'm not expecting anything. <laughs> I do feel like I'm not. I'm not able to let you be with me. <laughs> Relax a little. <laughs> you ask very hard questions. Are they? <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I didn't. I didn't think I was asking you like tough questions. I just felt like this seems a little very formal, <laughs> and so it's the, because the I'm aware that's something recording it. Uh, I, uh, I guess I'm used to it. <laughs> um, I remember I can edit whatever out. So, uh, but I mean, I can stay longer. But how are you doing? Oh, I got you. Got to go. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, thank you very much, Mister. Glad to be here, Mister Otis. Glad to be here. <laughs> and that's it. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about regarding BLM and the racial harmony in Malaysia. Sensitive hmm, topic. But yeah, it was great talking to Mr. Otis and I think I learned quite a bit about what to do next. Um, definitely going to look into doing some shorter stuff, but until then, you can go fuck yourself, Mr. Otis. <laughs> Um, no, I learned a lot and yeah, 
thank you. And thank you guys for tuning in. I love you, I respect you, and I hope you join us again next episode. Bye!